0: Welcome, podcasters. You are listening to another episode of Tell Me Why, a resource for athletes, coaches, and parents in sport. Co hosted by Dr. Ginny Christerna and U.S. Speed Skating Hall of Fame inductee Patrick Wentland. This podcast is developed as a resource for athletes, parents, coaches, and referees looking to improve player development and performance. Conversations and opinions expressed on the show are not intended as medical or clinical advice. Welcome back listeners. Today, we are discussing, don't give up. The more you do it, the easier it gets. Ginny, great to have you along again. We talked about this a little bit. It's a fun one, Um, but difficult as a coach, as an athlete, as a parent, referee. If you're in a sport, if you're doing any activity or anything in life, you start getting comfortable with giving up, it makes it easier to give up. And as our goal through this podcast to really help athletes develop their best, become the best they can be, or become the best of the best, giving up is, is a huge part of sport Thank and man. putting yourself to higher levels each and every time you go out and do a workout be able to get yourself stronger faster higher you run into many occasions where you're like oh i can't do another set i can't I can't go any further i can't do this i can't do this but most of the time you have to be able to get yourself to, to to actually do it to finish that workout that you gave you or the race or the competition or the game but when is it okay to give up when is it okay to actually say i can't do another set"? I was going to do twelve reps. I can only do ten. When is it actually okay to bend and give in? Because knowing that, so if you do that, it's going to be easier to do it the next time, and it's going to be easier to do it the next time. That's 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 a tough fine line to to break. Jay will let you take away on this one.
1: So here's the thing, and you know we were just talking about it before we started recording, and. You know, there is going to be some disbelief around giving up versus giving in, right? Or walking away or taking a break or pushing pause. Those, <clears throat> those things are, are a little different, right? In a major way. But the concept of giving up is saying, I'm done, right? I can't do it versus I'm choosing not to do it. This is not something I want to do. But giving up is, I can't. And some people might say it's, I will not do it. This is like, okay, well, that's a choice. But giving up feels more like a surrender. I, I, fine, this is what it is. You know, I can't do this. And that becomes a little challenging. And we were talking about this uh, a few moments ago. And it's really around those goal settings. When somebody says, let's let's take your exercise piece, if you're going to do 10 reps of something or 12 reps of something and you get to 10, are you really giving up or did you aim too high? Right. So each person is going to be different. And so what I do tell people is that something that I were talking about, and I just realized this about myself yesterday, and that, okay, if you, this is day one in the gym, Right. And you haven't worked out in a year. And you're like, I'm doing 12, 12 reps of, you know, 15 pull-ups. I don't know too many people who have gone and done (laughs) pull-ups for six months and can do 12 reps of 15 pull-ups. But if you are, it goes back to what we were talking about before, being realistic and being honest with yourself and where you are now, what your goal might be to do 12 reps. But what can you do right now? What's going to be a reasonable goal that you can achieve that will challenge you? And even if you're used to doing 12 reps, if you just did, if you just hiked Mount Kilimanjaro last night and you got back and, and this morning coach is like, you know, get up at six. We're going we're to do some pull-ups. It's yeah. not that you can't do 12 reps. It's like, well, what is reasonable and challenging for me to do right now, given where I am? I could probably do one set of reps coach or half a set of reps, or I might not be able to do any reps today because I just hiked Mount Kilimanjaro. So this is going to require each person to be present and things change. It doesn't mean you can't do it. It's just what's realistic for me to be able to do right now, given my circumstances, but it has to be something that will still challenge me. Like if you just, hiked Mount Kilimanjaro instead of 12 reps, maybe six pull-ups. That's just as good, if not better than doing the 12 reps because you just did this huge thing. And so that requires people to adapt. And that's what sports is all about. Yes, adapting. What is the situation right now? But remember, it has to still challenge you as if you were doing the full thing and then you build your way back up to it.
0: Where is that fine line? And really a lot of what you're telling me comes back to developing your program. And we talked about this in an earlier podcast, working with your team, your, your endurance coach, your strength coach, your speed coach, your technical coaches, to come up with that steady progression, including your rest times where you will come back down a little bit, recover rest so you can get stronger. And building that proper program that will keep you as much as you can on that steady incline going up. Uh, I, I like what you're telling me. And I also think that as a, as a coach, as an athlete, there's there so many fine lines in there. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Uh, last week we're doing, I was doing some work with some of the athletes I'm working at, and we're normally doing like one minute of drill. And I decided to up it to a minute and a half, which for these drills we're doing are pretty tough. And I was kind of curious to see if they could do it. Well, they could, and they were collapsing at the end. That was as my, as the workout for the day, that was kind of the goal. This, it was a hard week. We're doing a really hard, intense week of training and we upped it from the typical one minute, which they were getting comfortable at. And maybe typically I'd go up to one minute, 15 seconds. This time we went up to a minute, 30 seconds and it was a lot. They could mentally push themselves through the pain. They could physically do the work and their body kind of collapses at the end, maybe because they're mentally, physically exhausted, maybe just because they did more than they ever thought they could do. So. How far can you actually put yourself mentally and physically that you could have done? Could they do two minutes if, if they really had to? And another example I'm going to give you is I went and did a, a bike ride this past weekend with a top group of athletes I'm training. And we went from Breckenridge, which is at 9,000 feet, up to Leadville, which was around 12,000 feet. And there was a 50-mile round-trip bike ride. And we had never done this course before. And you know, we do some decent training, so it was pretty good. We we were probably about a mile, two miles from the top. And I had told the rest of the group, I, and I, I hate giving in and I hate not making it, but I was so exhausted. I told the rest of the group, you guys go, I'm going to, I need to take a break. And I wasn't even planning on, I wasn't even taking a break. I told them I'm done. I'm done. I can't, I can't go any further. And. I pulled over in a rest, little rest area on the side. They kept going, ended up being another two miles to the top. I took a break, grabbed something to eat. I was so mad at myself for giving up, giving in, whatever it was, quitting. After I got some nutrition back in me, I got back on the bike and I went the rest of the way because I was, I was mad that I gave up and I knew we were talking about this week and it was in my head and I'm thinking, all right, I gave up this one time. Does that mean it's going to be easier for me to give up the next time we go on a hard ride and my legs are screaming at me and we're having a difficult time? I, I was would, I would mad. I, I'm like, I have to get up there and finish this ride. And maybe you're right. Maybe they're taking a break in there sometimes, but keeping that mental edge of being able to put yourself when you have to, even if it's taking a break and then getting there so you can still say, I did it, I got there. But giving in completely, again, if you, if you can do 10 reps normally and today I'm going to do 40, well, you're you're making your program a little out of range and, and not really aligned with what you physically can do, but getting yourself at that point of quitting, giving in, giving up is a, is a huge spot. And like I said, as soon as you do it and give yourself that permission, it's hard to get back there again and to not have that easy out every time.
1: You know, I I for one, I commend you for sharing that story because that's a big deal because that's most people have that experience. I'm going to do this. let's, Let's try this new thing we've never tried before. And that takes courage. That takes this ability to have some foresight, like I want to try something. I want to be challenged that athletes need to have. And most athletes have that. Let me try this. I want to do this and I'm going to go do it. Let me see how far I can get. Except that last part wasn't part of your equation. Let me see how far I can get for you it was I'm going to do it. Yeah. And whenever we, we have that attitude of I want to see, we always want to keep that. We, we keep that because that that is that grit. That's that curiosity and grit fit together. One of the things that sounds like you learn from that is I might need to insert, if needed, a break, a rest stop when my legs are screaming. It has nothing to do with me giving up or giving in. It has to do with refreshing. Right. It has to do with being ready to go the distance. Now, if you were uh, biking for your life because there was a lava flow coming. But you, <laughs> with you know, fight, flight, freeze. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna put a million dollars on you every time and say you would have found the the strength. Your adrenaline would have kicked in and you would have hauled it up those two yeah. miles and then down the other. Okay,
0: I would have got going. Yep,
1: you would have got going. And and this is what I tell people. When when your life depends on something, literally and figuratively, if you're from one of the smaller countries and as an athlete that is your job, right? You play like your life depends on it every time, because it literally does. You know, one of the things I do tell people when you're in a country like the United States, there is a lot of privilege here. Our life doesn't depend on a lot of things. We do most things, especially sports, because we love it, because we want to. We want to do it for fun. We want to see how far we can go. Okay? We're training because we want to be the best. It's not because our life depends on it. So let's be clear. We're not going to lose and, you know, go into poverty if we don't uh, succeed as a professional athlete. Some of them do, but you could probably get a job doing something. It's not that yep. whole life would change. So you're sharing this, this story is perfect for this podcast because this was about not even you giving in or giving up. This was about you having learned that, hey, when I'm doing something new and I am in the mood to do it right now, let me work in a possible rest up, possible break, just so we can reset, get our second win, and then we're going to get back to it because I'm learning about how much I can do. Whenever our legs are screaming or whenever we're like grabbing our chest, we're like, phew, I'm out of breath, or whatever the case may be, and my arms are tired. That means we've reached some type of threshold. For runners, it's called a runner's wall. So if I can push past that, that's all I'm looking for. Can I push past that last piece and get on the other side of it? Because now that's my new, that's my new floor. That's my new baseline. That's where I want to get to comfortably now, pushing past that, because from there, that's where I'm going to grow. Yep. So you found your new baseline because my legs were screaming. They were like, we're we're, we're juggling right now. We're not doing anything. Sorry. You're like, okay, fine. Now, if the other athletes want to go, now what you've learned is that the next time we try something like that, you guys keep going. But what we're going to do is we're going to build in, in your own way, you're going to build in needed Potential needed resets. You know you need a reset when you push and you push and you push and you got past that point where you you were like, no, I don't think I can. I did another extra half a mile. Who oh, I got to pull over? We reset, yeah. we get hydrated, we stretch, we whatever. And we do a reverse gap. How far did I go? So how far did you go before you had to pull over? Over
0: maybe 20 mile.
1: What's your baseline?
0: Yeah. uh, It, you know, it depends on the altitude of the ride. There we go. All these factors. So at
1: that altitude for that type of ride, what is your baseline? Do you even know? I don't know. I don't
0: know. Because it was the first time we had done that.
1: So you did 20 miles on your first, going up to freaking 12,000 feet. That's like no air.
0: That was a big part of it.
1: That was no air. So that is, will we do a reverse gap? That's amazing. That's amazing. Do you not agree?
0: Again, I I measure myself along with these other guys I was with. So they were all upper 50s right now, and they were all teenagers, low 20s. And it's still, I, I don't, like we were talking earlier, you know, trying, you were talking about trying out for a referee test and aid. I hate letting aid play a part in what I can and can't do. And I refuse to ever let that happen. It may be different when I'm 90 and in my wheelchair, right. but at this That's point, different. but I'm still going to have a fast wheelchair at this point, I I refuse to let that be an excuse. But what something that you said really hit me early on, it was learning from that experience, meaning you, 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 you hit the nail on the head for me because I learned that, okay, I gave up. I was able to get it back going again, but I gave up, but to prevent that from happening from next time, it was a really hot day. Maybe I needed less layers on or be prepared for the heat, more water. Uh, I needed more nutrition. I needed to know exactly where the course was, because if I knew there was only a mile left, then maybe I would have kept it going, so I learned that if I was more prepared in a few of these different areas, the story probably would have been different. And I'm sure I would have been able to make it without that stop. And I think for our listeners, that's also part of it. This really goes a lot into what we talked about last week, learning from defeat. And did I learn something from being beaten on that hill? Yes, I did. I learned that I could have done it. Honestly, I, I could have done it. I would have been crawling up the last mile of the hill and not even knowing how far to go. But I, if I had planned better ahead of time with my nutrition, with my clothing, with the the route that I knew we were taking, I, my, the odds would have been a lot better towards me and the results probably would have been better. And I think that's a, a great part of When we give up, when we give in, when we are forced to, because we don't like to, is there something we could have done to prevent that? Well, if we were going from a 10-rep workout to a 40-rep workout, well, maybe we should have done a 10 to a 15. Maybe whatever it was that we were doing, could we have pushed ourselves further if we knew we didn't have more to do after that? What was it in our head that was giving up? Was it our lungs? Was it our, our legs, our muscle fatigue, nutrition? There was something that kept us from going a little bit further. And if we know what that is, maybe we can be better prepared when we're doing that workout to be able to hold on a little bit longer and not be in, not give up this time.
1: So here's the thing, and you listed a number of things, and I was right, and you can see I got my pink pen here. Everybody, pink is pretty. So there were a couple of things that you said that I'm like, okay, so Pat and I will either probably not have a beer after this is over, or we will have dark liquor. It depends. So here's the thing. You brought up one, two, three, four, five points that I want to make sure that we address for each athlete and for coaches as well. And the first thing that I want to bring up is the unknown, right? Remember, I did taekwondo. My kids and my family, we did taekwondo. That's how my husband and I met. And any individual open sport, boxing, taekwondo, whatever, it's always more challenging because there is the unknown. Now that's in every sport, whether it's the baseball, soccer, you know, basketball gods that are intervening or the ninjas like making people trip over air, we don't really know. But there's always some kind of unknown there. Somebody might have an amazing game where here's this rookie that comes off the bench and just like blows everybody away. We don't know. In an individual open sport like Taekwondo or bots, and they learned and practiced this new thing or they just came up with it out the blue and you didn't expect it. So it's about, Sport and life is about the unknown. About the unknown. You can plan all day long, but it's about accepting that there are some things you won't know and that you're going to have to face so you can learn what parts of yourself are resilient, what parts of yourself need to be built on. We are not going to ever be able to plan for that because we don't know it. That's why it's called the unknown. It's when you go to the gym and you accidentally work a new muscle that you didn't know you had it's like why does this hurt it's like that's a muscle what and then you go and you work that muscle some more right that's what makes life an adventure you said i was mad at myself keep that because that means you faced a different part of yourself you met and you discovered a new muscle you met a new part of you that at high upper 50s as you said it like we we're talking about the weather here the upper 50s pat was was biking with 20 year olds that's amazing and i want to speak to that piece we, we talked a little bit about that before the podcast too which is and we talked about that in one of our earlier podcasts we have to accept the reality of where we are we have to accept the truth Pat, if you were in 1920, you'd smoke them. They'd be trying to catch up with you. But at upper 50s, you kept up with them until the last mile or two. That's phenomenal. But we have to accept that I'm not 20. I'm not in my tw- 30s anymore. And I don't want age to be an issue, except my body says it is. My mind says I know, but that doesn't mean your body has to break down. It just means that my body at upper 50s is not the same body that I had at 20. It's wonderful in some ways, and it's not so wonderful in others. When I was doing taekwondo, I'm sharing the story with you. When I was doing taekwondo, and I was in my 30s, upper 30s, and I'm fighting these 20-year-olds and early 30-year-olds, and I'm like five, one and a half half inch really does count it's a big deal they would they were just faster than me but I would win and you know why I would win not because I was faster but because I was older and slower but smarter so I didn't try to be as fast as them because I accepted that part of me I accepted that part. So what I did was I said, okay, I might not have this, but I have this. So when I kicked you or when I punched you, it was on purpose. It was on purpose. It was timing. So you have to know where you are. Things shift as we age. We go from being more physical to more mental. Now we have wisdom. That's why you were focused on planning, but that also has to be balanced with what am I really able to do? And now I can plan for that. The next time you do that, that, that run again or that bike again, you're going to be better prepared for that. But the first yeah. time not prepared, you did amazing. And it's that part that says, I should have known. That's unrealistic. Because if you said, hey, let's try it, and you didn't know what you were trying, but you got this far, you might feel like I gave in or I failed or I gave up. But if you look back and you step away from it, you go, you know, given that I didn't know what the hell I was getting into or what I was up against, I didn't do too bad at upper 50s. I didn't do too bad, but now that I know and I've gotten one under my belt, the next time I'll be ready. And that's the mindset. That's the resiliency. That's the way we think about doing things the first time. You have to have a baseline for something. For us to say, I should start from here and I should finish here. That is what sets us up to give it to give up. Because I can't do it. It's like, well, what did you expect to do? Was your expectation reasonable? Twenty miles going up to twelve thousand feet. That right there, you might want to call Guinness and see, like, what's the? Am I second? Am I first? You know, what, what, how does that fall in the world record book? Because that's not typical, right? And this is what we were sharing with our athletes and our listeners before. This is what that looked like, and it doesn't matter. How often we do this, or if we're a coach, or if we're an athlete, or if we're a sports psychology person, you know, we have our own walls that we have to push through, and it doesn't know, it doesn't matter how much you know, because when you're in it and you do it, you're human. Remember, I told you about that when I went to Mount Everest for my fiftieth birthday. Amazing, amazing journey. You know how I got there. In a helicopter. I went to Everest in a helicopter at 11,000 feet. Most beautiful thing I ever saw. On our way back, we had to pick up two women who couldn't make it. I forget the name of it. There's this thing where you can't go any further. You have to come back because there's something that happens with your breathing or whatever. Right. People train for sometimes years to be able to climb Mount Everest. I know I can't climb Mount Everest. It was a spur of the moment thing. I didn't know I was going to even go there till I got to Nepal. But when I, when we picked up those women and I met them, they were some of the most amazing women. They were in their late forties, and they climbed all the way up, right, to ten thousand feet. That was huge. They had trained for three months, and then on my walk through. Nepal going to a temple on a dirt road, I met two people. They were in their 60s, high 60s, as you would say. And they walked, they hiked Mount Everest and they came back. They were back and they were relaxing. And I asked them how long it took. And they said, because they took their time, it took them three months. Wow. And they enjoyed it. It's all relative because they knew where they were. The ladies, they were not disappointed in themselves. That was further than they thought they would go. They wanted to go further, but they're like, if we can make it to this point, we're good. Okay. Right. And so I share that because I am not climbing Mount Everest. I can't run around a tr- the track for this fitness. That's the way I want to. But I got there. But we have to accept where we are. And from that point, remember in the earlier podcast, that's where we build. That's where we start to grow. That's where we can develop. And that's for every right. out, uh, athlete. And so now we can get to the other two pieces, the planning and the being the prepared. Now that you know, you can plan and prepare for that. Right. I bet those women do that again. They'll plan and they'll be better prepared to make that, that hike. And then the last thing, the, the power of defeat. You, you mentioned that or you referred to that. You know, the first thing that came to my mind is Rocky.
0: Yeah, good one.
1: Right? When you were like, my legs are giving out. Rocky, uh, he was bleeding, buddy. Were you bleeding when you pulled over? Or, you no? Know, just if a I lot of stuff. I fell
0: over, I probably would have been.
1: Okay, but you didn't <laughs> fall over. So I'm not getting any bruises on you. But it's that moment where you're like, I can't. And then, remember we talked in one of the podcasts, there's something inside you that says, it's that ego part that goes... Mm -mm. I'm going to prove you wrong. I might, it might not be pretty, but I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing. That is that part of us. That's that ego. That's that, Mm. that every athlete has at some point that every coach is looking for, that every coach is trying to pull out of an athlete. That every parent wants to find or see in their kid or yeah. wants to be there to watch their, to just dis- watch their kid discover that part. Don't give up. Keep going until you find it. And sometimes it's that rocky moment where you're, you're down for the count. And you might lose the fight. You might lose the battle, but the war is still going. Just because you lost one battle doesn't mean you lost the war. Right. These are those things and those moments where we go, "Oh." And then you come back and you try it again. Yeah. Remember before this, before we started taking this podcast, I shared with you I'm going to I'm going to try to go out for to be a regional soccer referee. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I know I'm not going to make it this month. But I'm going to go for it because I want to know for me. That I'm doing that for me. If I make it or not, we'll see. But that's for me. And it's about having a reasonable timeline what's realistic? When can I achieve that goal? Having many small objectives that lead me to that goal within a certain time. And accepting, like, look, I'm five, one and a half. I don't have long legs. A lot of these referees are super tall. They take one step. That's like five of my steps. So I have to figure that out. Yep. All have things that we have to figure out and compensate. And I'm not young. I look good, but I'm not young. (laughs) I'm a little, you know, cockiness to me. But if I really want it, I will figure it out. And so will every listener. Whether that's in sports or in life, you will always figure it out. And that's why we love sports. Because there's something in sports that gets us ready for life. And this is what that is. So you might be in your upper 50s, but you're doing great for being in your upper 50s. You have something that those kids in their 20s are dying to get when they're in in their upper 50s, when they're our age. And that is what we call metal.
0: Be the old man, determination.
1: You know what? That's called strength. That's called courage. That's called resiliency. This is what they're building towards. And if they can get what you get in their late 20s, early 30s, they'll be ahead of the game. And the fact that they have you, you can teach them how to get that so much sooner than you got it.
0: I think that one reason I do these things with them it's one reason just to keep myself in faith and to, to do it. But I think as a coach, yeah. I'm not always going to be able to do what I want them to do. But it's a lot easier to say, Hey, if we're doing this workout today and I'm going to do it with you. If I can do it, you sure as hell better be able to do it. And, and I don't think that's the wisest way to coach. I think it's there, there's some situations where that comes in handy. A lot of times, yeah, the coach should not even be doing different workouts with athletes, but you know, certain things like a bike ride, simple enough, as long as I'm not holding them up and I don't want to be holding them up. But I think one thing that we, we talked on a little bit was pushing yourself through that point when you're ready to give up and making yourself stronger, coming to another level, as you called it, and knowing where your limits are. I think what we talked about a little bit in the beginning is knowing as an athlete, you're, you are trying to get better, stronger, faster, knowing where your limits are and trying to improve those limits. A lot of what we talked about is, is having your plan and your, your goal setting being reasonable. Being able to make those goals where their steady increases, not ridiculous increases, but getting yourself to the point where you're able, where you're wanting to give up, wanting to give in, call the day and pushing yourself through that. I think is, an, is the second part of really what we are talking about. Finding that point where you're able to give up and giving in and giving up is, it happened. But what we want to prevent is keeping that from happening over and over again. If you get to the point where you're, you're giving up one day, you're giving up another day, you're giving up another day. You got two problems, one of two problems, you're either setting your realistic goals way too high or you don't have the path and desire to do what you're trying to do and you need to find something else you need to find something that you want to do better stronger put yourself through that you're actually going to do because you don't have the the will to do this you need to have that willpower that desire to get yourself stronger faster better otherwise you're not going to get there you got, or you got to set those little goals know where that base platform is and sets those goals a little smaller just inches above in time but most athletes of course want to make these huge huge leaps and bounds every time they go out and do a workout which again is a little unrealistic as well but like I said you got to find that that happy medium you don't want to be constantly forcing yourself to give up and give in but you want to be able to put yourself after those limitations that were already set last time and do it a little faster, a little, little stronger, a little better the next time.
1: I w- you, you, you hit something, you said something that it was like, in my head, synapses were firing off. What you, you said that, hey, either your goals are too high, which we just talked about, or you don't have the passion or desire. And I'm gonna, that's also true. I'm going to put something in the middle, though, before we get okay. to the, you don't have the passion or desire. There is that, that runner's wall, for example, that block, that's called a faulty thought. What do you believe about yourself in that moment? Now, it's usually not conscious because it's a faulty thought. And it's just become a part of who we are and what we believe about ourselves and our abilities. And at some point, each individual has to find out what that is specifically for themselves. But it, 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 it might be something like, I can't do it. And it doesn't just show up in sports. You'll see that show up as a theme in their life when it matters, or I'm a failure. So if I'm a failure, why even try? So there's, there's a whole neuronic kind of web that um, stems from these faulty thoughts. So the closer we get to being able to do something, the faulty thought will kick in right before you know we achieve something. That's the runner's wall. Either we push through, identify and push through that faulty thought or we don't. And what we do is we identify the faulty thought, pull it up, and all the behaviors that come with it in the millisecond, the brain chooses it, and then we replace it with a new one, consciously choose a new faulty thought. And I'm going to go back to when you and I were talking about that fitness test that I took, and I was doing that ugly cry. I was literally out loud talking to myself. You can do this. Don't give up. And other people were like, yeah, come on, keep going, keep going. But it got to a point where it didn't matter what they said. I couldn't even hear it or couldn't believe it. And in taekwondo, for those of you who do taekwondo, boxing a little bit too, but taekwondo, it's a part of the of the sport where you do a kiop. You do this yell when you hit. You move yep. all of that energy. And my kiop was always a weird one. Um, and and my husband would be like, what kind of keop is that my kids would tease me and they would be like ah <laughs> like that's but what is that everybody else would be this deep <sighs> as a puncher they kicked you all that force would go into it and i caught myself doing it last night when i was in this exercise class and i remember doing it clearly several times during that fitness test why i would let out this big screen There's something freeing when we let fear and doubt leave our body. And that comes out through our throat, through a scream, through a crying. Crying, people like, oh my God, that's so weak. No, crying is a way that our body resets itself. It's a way that our nervous system, our sympathetic nervous system releases something. And then our parasympathetic nervous system soothes us it resets. So if you have to freaking cry, then cry. And if you have to yell, then you yell, but you keep pushing until I don't have to cry and I don't have to yell. And I can tell myself, you got it, keep going, keep going. And then it's not even out in your, you're not talking to yourself out loud. You're talking to yourself in your head. And then when you can't go any further, because the thing that you said, I'm going to do two more reps of now, you found yourself doing four That is when you can go, I'm good. I need to take a break. Because you're so present, not just in the moment, but in your body. Your body is saying, this is good. Let's take a break. Let's take a minute. And then let's do it again. Yep. Right. That is the difference. So I just wanted to insert that piece right in the middle between
0: those two. I like it. As we wind down on time, Virginia, we'll see if we can close up with some helpful pointers. But we've kind of gone through. See if we can help our athletes and coaches and parents and referees out a little bit. Do you want to start and make a few points?
1: Sure. It's okay to pause. It's okay to reset, and it's okay to give in and to to walk away. You'll know when you need to literally walk away and, and say, this isn't for me because it doesn't bring you joy. You're not growing from it. It brings you more frustration. And that usually happens after you've done some self-reflection. So giving up is usually the last resort and and something that you realize this isn't for me and, I, and I, I'm not doing it for the right reasons for myself. But before we get to that point, allow yourself to have adventures in sports, to learn new things and to not beat yourself up over things too terribly much. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to go, ah, shit, I wanted to really do this. What is it that you really wanted to do? What is the this? What is the it? What did you learn? Because if you learn something, it wasn't a waste. That's data. That's data you didn't have before because it's new. So allow yourself to gather data, to learn from it and then to use it. So,
0: great. And I was just thinking that same thing. I I really believe athlete, parents, anybody actually doing anything. It doesn't just necessarily have to relate to sports, but giving putting yourself to your limit, taking it beyond where you've gone before, or even maybe having a day where you're a little off and you've done this workout before, or done this whatever you're doing, and you just finished it today. That's, that's not abnormal. That, that happens. And I think the point that you hit on, and I'm going to reiterate two of them is two of the biggest things. Learn from it. There was, there was a reason why you had to give up or give in. It's because you weren't rested. You didn't have the nutrition. You weren't mentally prepared. You, whatever the weather, it could have been a million different things, your equipment. The second part is your, your program whether it set too high, where you're not rested enough, where you rest more than reasonable. These are the two things. Don't get in the habit. And this, I think this is very important. Don't get in the habit of setting yourself up for the failure, making your goals too high. As we mentioned earlier, right in the beginning, when you start to give up and give in, it gets easier. You allow yourself that freedom to like, oh, i I can't do it. I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to give in on this one. You do it once, you're going to be able to do it again. You're going to be able to do it again. Set your goals better, be prepared better, and get yourself through those little inc- increases in your workout better and more effectively without having to give in. If you do give in and give up. Make sure you have learned something from it so you can prevent that the next time. I think though that is just a very key uh, point to preventing or limiting your, your giving up in anything in life.
1: Absolutely. I think that was well said. Well said.
0: Well, thank you, listeners, for hanging out with us today. We welcome you to come visit us on our Facebook page or Instagram. Leave us a note, some messages. Tell us what you want to talk about and let us know what you got from our conversations. We look forward to seeing you next week and have a great week. Bye.